Welcome to Blueprint of Faith. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host on this journey into the Word of God, which is also called the Word of Faith. I've been a teacher of the Word for over 30 years. I was a pastor of Abundant Grace Ministries, and now I travel the world teaching the Word of God. According to the Word, without faith, it's impossible to please God. By faith, we understand. The Bible also goes on to say that the just shall live by faith, for we walk by faith and not by sight. By faith, we believe that the universe was made. We are justified by faith. Fight the good fight of faith. At this podcast, we're going to talk about what really is faith, how we get it, how do we develop it, how to use it, so that we can receive the 8,810 promises of God, 7,487 of them being promises made by God to His beloved man. Thank you for coming to our site. While you're here, if you can like and subscribe and share our content, we're trying to grow. And for those who would like to comment, make comments and I will gladly answer uh, do the best I can to make sure that we have an engaged audience. If there's something you guys would like me to talk about and to teach about, just let me know and we can do that as well because I love sharing the Word of God. And for those who would like to support us financially, there are links also provided for that. And I appreciate everything that you can give and I thank you so much. It is an honor to serve and I look forward to continue bringing you guys good content. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. I had uh, mentioned to you guys uh, briefly um, last week, I believe, that we are in the age of grace. And I want to um, bring some more information about that because it's really important that you have an understanding of this because it is um, critical, if you will, in walking in your life of faith. And so let's take a look then at what the Bible talks about. We're gonna, that God uh, talks to us through grace, uh, not to the, through grace, the ages, and we're going to look in the scriptures and see where that came from. And take a look at me with me at Matthew 13 uh, 10. It says, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it is given, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. So Jesus Christ, um, is uh, telling his disciples that some stuff that we are going to talk about, in other words, the world doesn't know anything about it, those um, those uh, non-disciples. And that is why it's very important that one become a disciple, because when you become a disciple, you're going to get to know and understand the mysteries of heaven. God can deal with you differently. That's why I've talked to you about the church today, these guys are not interested in making disciples. They're interested in keeping their church full of members because the members, as we see in the scriptures, but to them it has not been 
given. And so only the disciples have some inside information, and these guys are very selfish because Jesus Christ laid down the model how to make disciples, and uh, these guys are not doing it there, as I said, are so focused on getting members that you hear them brag about 10,000, 20,000, 30,000. I'm like, wow, you know, um, the more that they talk, the more you see how far they've gone from the assignment going into the world, which you're going to make disciples. And we see why, because disciples are given additional information. So let's take a look at some additional information that we want to focus on ages and so forth, because we are I talked to you guys and I mentioned briefly that we are in the age of grace. And let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 1. And I'm going to read to you in the King James and New King James Version and I'll show you that. And I've talked to you guys that uh, the King James has made a lot of um, errors within their translation. And because of that, you've lo lo lost a lot of value in it. We're going to take a look at this first in the King James, and then I'm going to point out to you as to where that mistranslation took place. Hebrews chapter 1, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. So now it used to be prophets, now he is speaking to us by his son. And says, whom he had appointed heirs of all things. So we know that Jesus Christ has been appointed by the Father, uh, heirs over all things. And because we know that, we saw an example when he said, all power has been given to me in heaven and in earth, all over. I mean, he has all power. So we know then that Jesus Christ has been appointed uh, heirs of all things through whom he made the worlds. Now, the, the King James says that uh, he made the worlds, but the original language is uh, ion. That word world is ages. And so it, uh, let's take a look at it differently now and read it from another translation. Uh, Young's Living Translation gives you the interpretation, the correct interpretation of this particular verse. It says, in many parts and many ways, God of old, having spoken to the fathers in the prophets, in these last days did speak to us in a son whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he did make the ages. And so we see then that Jesus Christ and God, and I told you guys that God was very busy before the foundation of the earth. He was putting plans together. He and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit were putting plans together before they initiated that plan that they had, uh, what they wanted to do. And that plan is to make families, as we know, um, to um, grow a family. And, and we'll see why. And, and I've told you guys why. Uh, I believe that when Lucifer fell, uh, he took a third of the angels with him, and I believe God wants to replenish that. So let's take a look now and see Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses 20 and 21, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, 
ion, but also in that which is to come. So we know then that there is this age, and there are also additional coming age. Um, and so uh, let's take a look and uh, Matthew 24, uh, 3, I think it is, when the disciples came to Jesus Christ and he spoke to them and he says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us when these things will be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age, or uh, ion. What end of what age? He's talking about the end of the age of grace. So let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 3. Again, that mentions ages. Uh, Ephesians 3, 8 and 9. To me, whom am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach amongst the Gentile uh, the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages have been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. So we know then that the Bible talks that, um, that there are certain ages out there. And so in the Bible there are mentioned, there's mention of several different ages. In fact, there are seven ages that are mentioned within the pages of the Bible. The pre-Adamic age. And now um, let me give you a quick synopsis and then we're going to run through some of them briefly. The Adamic age, the age of Israelite under the, uh, the Old Covenant or the law, and then the age of the New Covenant, which is grace. And then we have coming, the, remember when the disciples said the end of what age and the age of grace. And then after that we have the Millennium Age. And then we have the uh, White Throne uh, Judgment Age. And then we have eternal eternity, basically. Then we're going. So we know that the timeline for the pre-Adamic age is started in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then that stopped. And um, that age right there was the, it's stated like as the age of, age of the angels. Lucifer was in charge and so forth. And then there was a rebellion that took place when um, we saw that in Ezekiel when he wanted to um, he wanted to uh, take uh, he wanted to overthrow God, if you will. So this creation is going to try to overthrow his creator. Now this creator, from what we know, created him by a word, called him into existence, and he now thinks he's that bad that he is going to uh, go and. Uh, overcome his creator. But then he ran into this other being that was created, Michael. And Michael and his boys kicked his butt, or Jesus said, I saw Lucifer fell from heaven like a lightning. So, um, and that's why I cannot stand people trying to compare Jesus, uh, Lucifer with Jesus or with God. He's not, trust me, this guy is a servant. He comes, he's a an, he's an fallen angel, he comes to God, and there's an angel that kicked his butt. And um, if you're going to worry about any angel, that's the one, Michael, that overpowered him, kicked all his guys out, and they crashed on the earth, and they destroyed the earth. And that's where the pre-Adamic age, we don't know how long that was. Um, there was no documentation 
that we can, um, you know, get to give us some age, but we know that we are finding stuff within uh, scientists and, and uh, people are locating some of those uh, things within the earth and they're finding um, things that are much older than 6,000 years, which uh, mainstream Christianity is saying that that's how old the earth is, which is absolutely madness. So we know that the first age um, took place. We don't know how long it lasted, but we knew it ended in a serious warfare. Tragedy came and boom, these guys came, these angels coming from all over the place, craters, uh, bam, 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 hitting the earth. We know that that was the first ice age because the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1, verses 2, when the angel, when the Spirit of the Lord was moving, he saw, he shook loose the ice, was the original language. So the first ice age took place after that war, angels were kicked out, and then the Adamic age kicked in in Genesis chapter 1, verses 2, and God began to create the earth, recreate the earth, and then he said, Let's make man in our image and so forth. And we know that that uh, the Adamic age, Adamic age lasted about 1700 years approximately. And then uh, that went until from Adam to Noah. And uh, that was destroyed again with something serious took place. This time it was a flood that came and destroyed the earth again. And... Uh, after that, we know that the other age that came into play was from Noah um, and to the New Covenant, all the way to, uh, actually from Noah to the to the Old Covenant, which is the Law. Um, so we know that that third age is approximately twenty three hundred years um, in time in in duration as far as the time period. So you see uh, these guys that are talking about. Um, you know, the earth being 6,000 is just crazy. So the age of the church, um, which we talk about is the new covenant. So when Jesus came, he instituted the new covenant or the fourth age. And we don't know, uh, the time period of that. We are within it right now. And, but most scholars and people are trying to say that we are it should be roughly about 2,000 years. That's what they're saying. So, and again, we can get some clues from the Bible, and it's approximately around there. And then we know that the fifth age is the millennium age where Jesus Christ comes, and we know exactly how long that is going to be uh, because it states in the Bible that's going to be 1,000 years. And so that age, the millennium age, will start when Jesus comes back. Um, and the Bible tells us when uh, all of the armies of the world are going to be coming against Israel, and Jesus is going to come down, I think, in the Battle of Armageddon, and it tells us that he's going to speak a word and that the flesh of mankind is going to melt. Um, and we don't know what that word is, but it tells us that he will do that. And then we know the sixth age is the great white throne judgment, and then the final age that they are, uh, that they are saying is the kingdom of God or the eternal age. And so we are in the age of grace. The age of grace, as I told you guys, was implemented when Jesus' feet hit this planet. And so the Bible tells us that, and we know that um, 
First John, not First John, John one fourteen. The Word became flesh and and dwelt among us. We uh, haven't seen His glory, the glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. And Timothy Titus actually tells us this: for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to everyone. Who is the grace of God? The grace of God is Jesus Christ. When He came here, that age was kicked into place. So. One of my revelations that God had given to me a long time ago was that uh, what was grace, or we see the word grace, we see the word favor, and everybody I remember growing up in a church, God's unmerited favor and all that stuff. Yeah, but what does that mean? And then one day the Holy Spirit uh, showed me what it was mean, what it mean, meant. And once I got that revelation, I began to study the Word of God to to go in and find um incident within the scriptures where favor, when God granted favor, what happened and what took place as a result of favor. So once I recognize that favor is an ex, it's actually very important for us in our relationship with God. Now, when God translated us from one kingdom into the other kingdom, why did he do that? Because he knew that that other kingdom will be judged, that that kingdom is going to be uh, put through the mill, if you will, that a, the leader of that kingdom is coming, and he's going to have them, uh, those that are part of that kingdom, they have to take a mark, they have to worship him, they have to do all kinds of stuff to exist within his kingdom. And that's his right, because he is over that kingdom. But those that have been translated into the kingdom of God, what God's intention was that we would not rely on those king, that kingdom again for anything. Because the Bible tells us that God has given to us everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness in this new kingdom that we are part of. And the two forces by which we are now to um, access stuff within this kingdom is that of uh, grace and faith. And we're going to see how they work with, with each other. And so we're seeing then that for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to everyone. And we know that according to the word of God in, um, in I think it's in Romans chapter 1, verses uh, 17, where it talks about the... Um, what uh, grace does uh, in God's life and uh, in our life. So let, let's take a look at that because we need to know because it's it's housed within a specific, says it's housed within the gospel. So let's take a look at Romans chapter 1, verses 16. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. The Jew first, and also to the Gentile. Verse 17. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. How does God make us right in this sight? Scripture tells us. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Righteous means he has been made right. So it says, it is through faith 
that a faithful man, or one who walks by faith, has life. Genesis chapter 15 verses 6 says, And Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteous because of his faith. So we know that we see that same scripture in Romans chapter 4 verses um, uh, 16 is that same reference for we know that um, uh, I don't think it's 16 I know it's in Romans chapter 4 um, um, I think it's 7 Romans chapter 4 verse 7 where it talks about um, uh, uh, that uh, we are from faith, uh, Abraham's faith and I believe that's what it is Romans um, absolutely not it's in Romans chapter 4 verses um, verses 3 when it talks about an Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and sometimes the mind goes but that's where that scripture is and it tells us that Abraham believed God but it first located mentioned in Genesis and so when Abraham believed God the Bible says that's what uh, righteousness looks like and Jesus said if you can believe all things are possible so all things are possible to that man uh, that is walking by faith. And so we know then that um, we needed to do that, because the scripture tells us that, but the righteous man shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, the scripture says in Hebrews, that my soul have no pleasure in him. So in this, um, this age of uh, grace, God is requiring that his children must use faith and operate in faith. And because there's a partnership that is going to be taking place with God and with man in this new kingdom. And in this kingdom where grace is, which is where we're in, because Jesus Christ, it tells us that um, uh, grace came when he showed up and we read that. And so we know that he's full of grace and truth. Um, we know that uh, um, Jesus Christ is it. He was the one that instituted that. So let's take a look at Romans chapter 5, verses 17, so we can get some insight into why God, since we are part of this new kingdom, the partnership between God and man, what must take place in order for we to be successful within this new kingdom, that one is being translated to according to the scriptures as what we usually read. Romans chapter 5, verses 16. For if by the offense or the, trans the trespass of one, death reign through the one. And we know that that came through Adam. How much more will those receiving the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness so we know that these people that are now in the kingdom of God, they are they have received a couple of things. They have received the abundance of grace because we, Jesus Christ, once we... 
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, owner and user of Mint Mobile with a special holiday message. If you sign up now for three months, you get three months free on every one of our plans, even unlimited. Now, I realize this is more of a holiday offer than it is a holiday message. But if you read between the lines, you can see a message in there. It says we love you. Visit mintmobile.com slash switch for the offer. Limited time, new customer offer. Activate within 45 days. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Unlimited customers using more than 40 gigabytes per month will experience lower speeds. Video streams at 480p. See mintmobile.com for details. Except Jesus Christ, we already are in grace. We are in the time period of grace. So we don't have to ask God for grace, basically, um, in the sense of uh, I, uh, uh, when, you know, most people are saying that, oh God, I, I'm begging you for grace and stuff like that. The Bible says we ought to come boldly and ask for it. For the Bible says where there is abundant of sin, grace much more is there so you can ask for that more stuff, if you will. But when we go to the throne of God, the peace that we are grabbing onto is that mercy because you and I did something wrong and we need that mercy of God coupled with that abundant grace to get us out of it because what happened to us. Anytime we go back into the flesh, we are going back, we are making our decision based on fearfulness. When we turn away from God because we are afraid that He, uh, we did something and whatever decision that we do in the flesh is always fear-based. And so we have made a mistake. But we, let's take a, an example with Peter. Peter is walking on the water. He's walking by faith. And then the circumstances changed and Peter took his eyes off of the Word of God and began to look at his circumstances, and it says that immediately he sank. And so he became fearful of what he saw around him. And when he became fearful, he tapped into that old kingdom that he was a part of. And in that kingdom, he's not walking by faith, he's walking by fear, and he sunk. But in the new kingdom, he was walking by faith. Because the just shall live by faith, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And so when he walked by faith in the new kingdom, he was walking right. He was he was defying the laws of gravity. He was um, superseding all the laws of the natural realm. And so, but when he began to look around, it tells us that he then began to um, become fearful. And that spirit of fear came in and cut that, uh, um, destroyed his faith, and he sank. And Jesus immediately, God's mercy, immediately reached down, grabbed him, and pulled him up. And so we see the mercy of God within that situation, and we see it in Ephesians chapter 4, when it talks about, come boldly before the throne of grace, whereby you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. So we see then, in according to... Um, Romans chapter 15, that we receive two things that is ours, the abundance of grace. So we have the abundance of grace. And then there's another thing, that another ingredient. It says that, and of the gift of righteousness. What was the gift of righteousness that God had given to us? And it tells us in um in the book of uh, Romans that we read earlier, chapter 1, uh, in verse 17, the good news tells us that um, uh, what makes us right in his sight. 
This is accomplished uh, start to finish by faith. And the scripture says it is through faith that a righteous person has life. That gift of righteousness is through our faith. Abraham believed God and God says you are righteous. So that gift of righteousness is faith. So now when we look at um, this scripture again in Romans chapter uh, 15 verses 17, for if by the trespass of one death reign through the one, how much more with, will those receiving the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, watch this, reign in this life through the one Jesus Christ. Then what is grace? According to what the Holy Spirit showed me, grace meant the divine influence upon the heart of mankind and the benefit that it brings to the believer. That's grace. So when they were saying God's unmerited favor, we were missing a tremendous amount of um, insight. But when the Holy Spirit shows me this, so when I'm now looking at this word, those receiving the abundance of grace and coupled with my uh, faith, I'm going to reign in this life. I'm going to have dominion in this life. And Ephesians chapter 6 says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. So in all of my dealings, the scriptures, God says, acknowledge him in all your, your ways. How do I do that? I come to him boldly before the throne of grace and I say, Father, thank you. And I tell Jesus, thank you so much that I am in the age of grace. And I am looking to you that you would, um, I'm looking to see your grace in action in my life with my, coupled with my faith based on whatever you're doing in your life. And so now here is the formula for Romans chapter um, 15 verses 17. We know that grace is given and we know that faith, so grace is God's responsibility and the faith is my responsibility. And that's why I was saying to you earlier that this partnership that you have with God through his word and with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord Jesus Christ because we are in this new kingdom and we have to operate within this new kingdom because this new kingdom that we are in is not going to be judged. There is no uh, mark that we have to take per se where, you know, you're going to go to hell and all this kind of stuff. The mark that you and I take in this kingdom is that of the Holy Spirit because the Bible says that's our seal. And it also, the other mark that we take is our obedience to God. As we are obedient to God, we, we will stay connected to the kingdom of God and not um, uh, disobedient, which is based on our fear within that kingdom of darkness. And so because we're in this spirit, this grace period, and that period means that we are in the period where God will divinely influence the heart of the children of the kingdom of darkness to bring us the victory in all the things that we need, unless we acknowledge him in all our path. He says, trust the Lord in all your, your ways. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct it. But how do we trust him? We are going to trust him 
by putting our faith in him. And that once we put our faith in him, he will do things. Because the scripture did say that God does all things in his time and he does all things beautiful in his time. So in this age of grace, it's already here. We are already operating in it. And God has released grace. We are adopted into this grace when Jesus came so that this grace is how God is able to cause the children of his, of, of the, of the dark kingdom to give us things for our benefit. And we saw that when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt and God told Moses to go tell the people to ask the Egyptians for their wealth. And the Bible says that Moses told the people and the people went. So that went or going was done by faith. Uh, the people went in, or went in by faith. They left and they did what they did by faith. And when they walked by faith, it says that great favor was on them. And as a result of great favor being on them, the children of uh, the, the Egyptians gave them the wealth, or we could say the children of, from the kingdom of darkness gave them what they needed. And it is the same principle. And so let's go and take a look and see what it says in the scriptures, because God does everything for us so that we could see it. And we find an example of that in the book of Ephesians. We find the formula, if you will, what took place with the children of Israel and the Egyptians and when they walked by faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. This is a gift of God, not as a result of any works, so that no one may boast. So that formula, for by grace are you saved through faith, is seen when the children of Israel went to the Egyptian and asked them for their wealth and uh, their fine clothing, their jewelry and all that stuff. And they took everything from them. The scripture said that they did not leave empty. So we know that that process, because Moses, God came to Moses, Moses came to the people, and the people went to the Egyptians. So the children, Moses by faith spoke to the people, the people by faith went to the Egyptians, by, and then God's responsibility was to um, cause the favor, his favor, which was divinely influencing the Egyptians' heart to now give them their stuff that they needed. And so that combination is what is being done within the age of grace. So that that is why God is pointing to you that, and he's telling you that I need you in this partnership so that we can extract from them what you need. For the scripture says, For I have given to you all things pertaining to life and God. And as he says, My God shall supply all of your needs according to the riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so this is because of Jesus Christ who brought into the world the age of grace. Because when he landed and he was full of grace and truth, the Bible says that this grace came into, his, came into being. Jesus enacted 
the new covenant, which is the covenant or the age of grace. The disciple says that age is coming to an end. When is the end of that age? Jesus tells them uh, some signs because he doesn't know the date or nor time. Only the Father knows that. But the end of the age of grace will be completed at that point in time. And then it will be instituted another age. And that age is the age of uh, the millennium age. But now at this age, right here, what God is asking you, because he wants to partner with you since he has brought you into this new kingdom, and so he's saying to you, you need to seek the rules and the laws of this new kingdom as you learn how to input the data from, from you know, we studied spirit, soul, and body, and we know that our responsibility, because we became a speaking soul, our responsibility is to educate our soul as to what God has done through Jesus Christ for us within this age, this this um, time of the uh, of the of grace, this age of grace. What has Jesus really done for me? And so, as we begin to see what He's done for you, He has provided for you your health. He has given you. We have our own healthcare system within the kingdom of God. We have our own financial system. He says, come and buy houses without any money. We have our own uh, medical system, hospital system, healthcare, educational system. He says, I will, as you study God's word and so forth, he's going to deposit. Uh, as you study the word of God, some of the things that you get, the benefit is wisdom, knowledge, um, uh, um, understanding, insights. And he said, if you lack wisdom in anything, ask and I'll give it to you. So we have our own systems. And as we operate within our kingdom, utilizing our systems, we will no longer rely on anything that is happening on the outside of the other kingdom. When we see that they're losing their job, they're falling apart, all that stuff, that doesn't matter to us because we are now walking by faith. And when we are walking by faith, the scripture says we are just in God's eyes. We are right. We are the sons of God in his eyes. We are walking as his children. But when we... um fall back, as they say, meaning that we revert back to fearful thinking, we will create situations that we need to be rescued from. And God said, come boldly before the throne of grace, whereby you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. So when we mess up, okay, in the time of need, but when we're walking by faith, grace is still moving. It's still working on our behalf. But when we mess up, we can still have access for where sin abound, grace much more abound. So when we mess up, okay, we can go to God and Christ says, I need some more. I need some more grace. He says, come boldly and get it. Uh, whereby you can obtain mercy, you'll get God's mercy. I need your intervention. God's mercy is his intervention into that situation. Um, because Jesus Christ, and we saw an example of that with God's mercy when Jesus reached uh, Peter and picked him up because he was sinking, he was done, he was going to die. And God's mercy, 
reached down, picked him up, and uh, saved him. And uh, he was not able to die. But God, in his mercy, see what I'm saying? Um, brought in some extra favor there. So we have access to extra grace from the much more than. Uh, so then that's based on what decision we've made to cause us to come out of faith. But when we're walking by faith, grace is still moving. We can still do what we need to do within the kingdom of God and not be hindered. But when we do, um, as the Bible says, Abraham considered not his, the deadness of his, uh, his body nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. But if you and I consider, like Peter considered what was around him, we have been disconnected. So if we have considered, that means we are sinking. That means we need to run to God to get some, um, some extra stuff, if you will. His mercy come into play and his, um, that extra grace is there to help you in your time of need. So I wanted to bring that to you guys and show you why is it important that this is happening now and what happens when we are living in this age? Why this age? Because God has to extract stuff from the other kingdom uh, through those people to bring into our life so that we can uh, we can utilize it for on our behalf because we have need of it because we are of the kingdom as the scripture says we're in this world but we are not of the world we're in this kingdom but we're not of it and so it tells us that we are going to need stuff seeking first the kingdom of god and all these things will be added onto you those things are those stuff that god has provided for you and so through his grace is how he speaks to those people and um uh, let me give you an example. Genesis chapter 39, 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showered him with mercy. In watch. And gave him favor, which is grace, in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So we have one man in another kingdom and we have him in, the, in his other... Uh, the, uh, what's, we are in this world, but not of in the world. He's having a relationship with God. He's in the kingdom of God, even though he's in prison. It says, come boldly before the throne of grace, whereby you may obtain mercy and find grace. And so, but the Lord was with Joseph. This was when Joseph was in prison. And he showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the king, uh, the keeper of the prison. So this is what I wanted to let you guys know, that that mercy and that grace is available for us when we are in trouble. And so God expects you and I to walk by faith, but when we do get into trouble, and what is that divine influence upon the heart, as I've mentioned to you? Take a look at Proverbs chapter 21, verses 1. The king's heart is in the hands of the Lord, as the rivers of the water. He turns it whichever way he wills. The king's heart is like a stream of water, another um, translation, directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. That is how God causes 
the children of the kingdom of darkness to give us their stuff. And so because all of mankind, he says, all souls are mine, he says, I, they're all for me. Every man is here for God's pleasure. And so he, his children, he tells us that he has done all this thing for his kids. And so he has put in place a way by which he can extract from the children of darkness because they're in that kingdom to make sure that his children in his kingdom are taken care of and make sure that their needs are met, make sure all of those things. Why? That force that he has, so he created in order to do that, he enacted the age of grace. And so because we are in this age of grace, every single man's heart is in God's hand to bring about what he wants and what he said he would do for you. But he needs something from you. He needs your faith, your, your, your faith in order to get it done. His part is the grace. For by grace are you saved. The age of grace. It's already there. He's already saved you for God has given to you all things pertaining to life and to godliness. He's given it to you because the age of grace is here. You don't have to sweat what he does need from you, though. For by grace are you saved. How? Through the usage of your faith. Your faith is critical in that process. It is the only way by which you're going to get saved. And so your part, as it was in the children of Israel's part, they listened to Moses and they were obedient to the word of God. Who gave Moses the word? It was God gave them. So they were obedient to the word of God. And then they, the Bible tells us that the children of Israel went and God had given them favor as they walked by faith. See, you have to walk by faith and that favor is present. Why? Because we are in the age of grace. And so, because we are in the age of grace, that favor is present to extract from them what you need so that you can be happy because that's how God instituted. But he needs you in that partnership in order for you to be saved. The Bible said that the just shall live by faith. We do walk by faith and not by sight. Thank you for coming to Blueprint of Faith. And remember, every child of God overcomes the world. For our faith is a victorious power that triumphs over the world. So be not weary, but imitate them who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Again, thank you for coming. Please subscribe. And if you can, support us financially. We deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, church, study group, and even people you don't like. You can hear us on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.